This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor. We begin with Harvest Hotline brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the North Dakota Mill, and Amity Technology. Columbia Grains, our Villa, North Dakota location grain merchandiser, Tyler Stegman says area farmers are making good harvest progress. We've had a really good weather window here and uh, guys are seeing the end, if not just finishing up. So it's, it's been really good. Those were still dumping in the 18s for our average off the field. So yeah, 18 to 20. Everybody's very happy. There's a lot of uh, full bins in the countryside. So uh, everybody's got the, the same problem, right? Uh, find a place to store it. And Stegman says there are still a few quarters of soybeans left to harvest. There are, yeah. There's uh, a few quarters remaining around us that I know of, and uh, guys are um, going to start uh, getting into those as well. So, yeah, we'll hopefully be able to keep this weather clear and clean those up, and uh, we'll be set. North Dakota Soybean Council Vice Chairman Rob Rose, who farms near Wimbledon, North Dakota, says while he's close proximity to the new soy crush plant in Spearwood, his first load won't be until next harvest season. Well, um, I didn't have the opportunity to uh, deliver any soybeans here this fall. I was a little shorthanded with labor, but uh, what, what, what I'm kind of hoping as a, a farmer is that, uh, you know, if we still, we still intend to uh, send beans to the P&W, you know, some of us, uh, just because of logistics, uh, we're hoping that the basis level here will bring the basis level at the shuttle loaders down and be more competitive. And harvest for rows went well. Uh, we actually had um, pretty good weather for soybeans. I think we had one or two rain delays, but uh, the the yield in my area, which is northwest Barnes County, and uh, I farm right in the corner, southern Griggs and northeast Stutzman, and the yields were uh, were impressive. I think um, any any of my neighbors. Um, would tell you the same thing. I know we got accused all summer of hogging most of the rain by our peers around the state. Um, but no, uh, for the most part, the crop was impressive in our area. Spiritwood farmer J.P. Lucan says despite starting harvest on the wet side, it dried up rather quickly. It went pretty smoothly, I guess. We uh, started a little a little wet. Of course, it dries out as, as we get going. And then uh, overall, I'd say we're about average. It wasn't we were short probably of a little rain this year, so, but overall it's good for what we got, or for the moisture we got. So. And Lucan says his marketing plans changed this fall with the opening of the new soy crush plant. Normally we've went to uh, local elevators in, in Rogers or Valley City is where we primarily go, but I mean this year it's different because this is now available. And Wimbledon, North Dakota farmer Mike Clemens has been a big supporter of value-added processing facilities, the latest of which is Green Bison Soy Crush Plant. Well, my involvement was with early on, uh, I was introduced to Mike Keller out here, and, and everybody knows that I like to be a part of projects. You know, I've been part of ethanol projects forever, and so now this project was coming in. And uh, we had a, earlier we had a, another group come into the state, and I worked with them, and so that they knew that I was already familiar with uh, crushing industry from a background that I've had in around the country, and and so they asked me to be just kind of you know be a little advisory to them and and uh, talk about the project with them. 
and the crush plant started taking soybeans in mid-September. And Clemens says soybeans from his farm were the first to go through the plant. Yeah, it was the first load to, to bring in here, and uh, we found the load out at the farm there. It was kind of, I didn't know it was there. I thought somebody had cleaned that bin out, and they said there was a load there. And so then I got a hold of Shauna at the plant here and said, hey, I got a load here. You, you want? I'm sure you got to run one through just to test everything out. And she said, absolutely. So so they were looking for, for me to, to bring the first load in, and so my grandson Jack got to come with me, and so that was really excited. I said, Jack, you're going to be hauling here for the next 50 years just because this plant is available to us and it's going to be good for our farm and the state of North Dakota. And that's Harvest Hotline, sponsored by the North Dakota Mill, Amity Technology, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. U.S. soybean processors crushed a record amount of soybeans in October. The National Oilseed Processors Association, or NOPA's November report, said soybean processors crushed a record 189.8 million bushels in October, 15% more than September. The October crush topped the previous all-time high of 186.4 million bushels in December. Marathon Petroleum Vice President of Portfolio Optimization Reed Smith says the partnership between Marathon and Greed Bison keeps soybeans in the state they were produced. It's, it's in the construction of this facility. We own 25% of it and they own 75% of it. And we're taking all of the soy oil that's produced here and, and shipping it west over to our Dickinson refinery to turn into biodiesel, renewable diesel. And then some of it could end up in California, but the majority will be right here in North Dakota. It'll be used to, to um, produce renewable diesel, some of which will be used here in North Dakota as well, to fuel tractors and trucks and things of that sort. Smith says the demand for a cleaner fuel product will keep the renewable fuels industry powered. Diesel demand is growing around our country, so with growing diesel demand, there's a need for more diesel out there to, to fuel everything. And renewable diesel is, is renewable, so it's feeding that demand growth as well. And it's a cleaner product. So we can take the soybean oil, turn it into diesel, and put it back into the tractors that produce more soybeans. The meal that comes off that can go into the food sector as well. So it's a, it neat, it's a neat recycling of the soy. According to the USDA Economic Research Service, seed prices are outpacing the crop price index. Prices paid for crop seed increased faster than prices farmer received for their commodities between 1990 and 2020. Average price farmers paid for seed rose 270%, while the commodity price index rose 56% in comparison. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. On a vote of 336 to 95, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a continuing resolution to keep the government funded through the end of the fiscal year Tuesday. James Callan Associates President Jim Callan says the continuing resolution includes a farm bill extension. It does include the farm bill extension. The farm bill, the current farm bill, 2018, would be extended through this fiscal year, and that ends September 30 of 2024. Callan expects the Senate to take up the bill sometime today. If passed, it puts the farm bill debate smack dab in the middle of election year politics. It sure does. I mean, i hard-pressed to see a scenario where the farm bill 
is considered beyond the first half of the year, uh, given the, the primary calendar and the presidential elections and other elections going on, not least of which would be Congress, too. So it's going to be difficult. Uh, the four corners of ag, House and Senate ag majority minority, the, the four leaders came out with, with a statement indicating that, uh, you know, they support the extension, of course, and will still want to work on a new farm bill um, in 2024. Paradigm Futures market analyst Kent Beadle says the corn market is seeing a little hedge pressure selling, while the soybean market seems to be watching South American weather. We've just had a rally, um, you know, getting us all the way to near 480 from the lows at, you know, 462. So, um, you know, that's a, a, a decent increase, and, and farmers are you know, taking advantage of that as they get wrapped up and try to, uh, you know, get things, get their December contracts uh, taken care of. So I think there's been some hedge selling from the country on uh, uh, in the corn. Um, yeah, the other thing that I think is a big deal today is that, you know, the, the web apps have changed a little bit in South America over the last two, two days. And Beetle is seeing a bit of a, a mixed livestock market. The weakness in the hogs. Um, we are uh, seasonally at a time period where we should be working a little bit lower, um, starting to see the cash market turn back south again, and that's that's helping press the hogs a little bit, um, as we would expect uh, to happen seasonally. Uh, we had a really big washout in cattle last week, and you know, so far this week we're we're getting some sort of post-crash recovery. I think there's some. Um, end users uh, who need to get beef priced and are looking at this as a bit of an opportunity as cattle inventories are still, uh, you know, quite low um, in, in the United States. Comstock Investments Market Analyst Joe Camp says the grains continue to search for direction. Soybeans with some continued strength, but only up a penny or so. Corn off the lows, but still down two or three, and wheat right in the middle here about unchanged and yeah waiting for extra direction it's kind of more of the same in terms of this ongoing news which is friendly for soybeans when we talk about uh, you know deteriorating weather conditions in south america brazil in particular uh, still you know looking at crude oil for some leadership but it's off about a buck a barrel here uh, this morning the dollar index is rebounding a bit after its recent slide so a bit of backtracking for a lot of markets here. And the livestock markets continue to rebound after the recent sharp sell-off. You know, it was triggered probably three or four weeks ago when we did initially have this big stock market sell-off. It spooked the speculators that had been long in the cattle market for some time, some worry about consumer demand, and then that snowballed into something that was technically weaker we then had a gap lower on a Monday following the last cattle on feed report. We'll have another one of those to give us some fundamental guidance here on Friday. Um, but for now, it's a market that, that says maybe we over, overshot to the downside. We still see you know tight supplies and relatively firm cash markets out there. And so sorting that out, the cattle market is so far this morning. Soybean market continues to watch each Brazilian weather forecast. AgMarket.net market analyst Jacob Burke says the two-week weather outlook remains the big focus. The thing right now that you're seeing the most prevalent is the is the GFS and the Euro model are tending to agree with. We're going to get some moisture, uh, you know, here in the next week. 
and beyond that, beyond the 25th, it stays dry again. So, you know, when you're talking about being dry in South America, it doesn't really matter, not yet. Uh, you're starting to get into the mid to late November. You're starting to get into some, some questionable times, and then you go into December with the same type of dryness, and that's what they're saying right now. We'll see. Uh, it gets to be a major concern. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Edgerton, Minnesota pork and grain producer Randy Spronk was elected as chairman of the United States Meat Export Federation during their strategic planning conference. Spronk says differentiating U.S. product will help export growth. I think that's one of the things I've realized over time frame is, you know, we don't want to have the same product as any other exporter. And how can we differentiate what we do in the United States from others so that we have long-term growth in our markets? Diversification then. Early in my career, I went to Japan with Governor Ventura in 1999. Japan was our only country at that time here and how we diversified to many different markets so that we've got multiple markets for each one of those primals that we export here. And both of those, diversification uh, and differentiation, it's to create more demand and, uh, so that we have multiple markets, more value coming back to the farm, coming back to the producers to be able to uh, add revenue back to their farms. Spronk says that improving exports for the swine industry is important to move product and generate profitability. We're having some domestic demand problems here uh, because of our consumer, uh, whether it's inflation or you know whatever uh, excuse you want to use, but actually being able to move that product out of our domestic market internationally to those foreign countries is going to help us come back out of there and bring profitability back to the domestic swine industry. And so I think it's very important that we actually focus again on our exports. And I think it's one of the things that we've identified in the swine industry is our story on sustainability. That can differentiate. It's because of our how we produce our feed. It's about our corn and our soybean how we utilize that, that is our sustainability story that nobody else in the world can replicate. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. December wheat in Minneapolis is a half a penny higher, 735. The March contract is unchanged. Chicago December wheat is down 10 and three quarter cents at 561 and a quarter. Kansas City December wheat down two and three quarters at 637. December corn down eight and a quarter, 470. March corn is down six and a half at 487 and a half. January soybeans down six and a half at 1383 and a quarter. March soybeans down five at 1397 and a half. In Winnipeg, January canola $6.30 a metric ton higher. That's at $720.20 Canadian. December live cattle, two dollars higher now, one seventy-seven eighty-five. February's up a dollar ninety-seven. November feeders are down sixty-five. The more active January, two oh seven higher at two thirty-one oh seven. December hogs down seventy-two cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.